Hi, and welcome to Louisiana Sister Squad podcast. I'm your host, Katie Truther, and today I'll be speaking with Alex. She is an advocate for education. Welcome to the show, Alex. Hi, everyone. My name is Alex, and I'm just so excited to be here today and talk everything schools, you know, give you the little rundown about me and what I do and how I can help you uh, fighting your school systems, getting your parental rights back, and just kind of having some fun. I'm excited to be here. Well, Alex and I actually met on X, formerly known as Twitter, and I was just so impressed by everything that she's got going on, fighting for parental rights within the school system, super active, and she actually hosts a space pretty consistently, typically on Wednesday night, and it's called Uncomfortable Conversations, and those are recorded, and you can always look back and, um, you know, listen to the conversation, a bit basically like a podcast at this point, and she brings on special guest speakers, and they dig into some really important topics, um, because just as, as parents, like, like we just cannot afford to have the blindfold on. So I want to start from kind of the beginning slash your motivation to really get started and get this off the ground. Tell us a little bit more about what your organization is about. Absolutely. So I actually am a single mom of three phenomenally ambitious, crazy, fun uh, little boys, Mac, Jake, and Lawson. They are actually in elementary school, so we are just starting off with our education journey with them, and it's been a roller coaster. But uh, so a little bit about my background. I have a uh, master's in education, so this is kind of my wheelhouse, and it's actually in uh, higher education and student affairs. So it's really about like you know, administrative work, how things are, learning those background, behind the scenes stuff. And I have a uh, experience in bylaws, constitutions, policies. So when they did the mask mandating, it was like, nope, we're done. We're not playing around anymore. And in Massachusetts, the governor and the Department of Ed lifted the mandate, but threw it onto the school systems for them to decide um, for themselves. So my town wanted to extend it, it no, not happening. Uh, there were about 100 of us parents that showed up to that uh, meeting to decide whether they were going to extend it, how long, or get rid of it. Um, and I just looked at that school board and I was like, it ends now. Like, we're done with this. Um, I told them I started the process of pulling their surety bonds, which is their liability insurance, because they were endangering the health of our kids. They were taking our parental rights. And I made the uh, offhanded witty kind of snarky comment <laughs> that if I could afford fancy lawn signs, I'd be sitting where they were and run for school board. Well, that just started the roller coaster ride that we're in now. Um, I ran for school board twice. I lost twice. I'll probably run again this year just for fun because um, it's all about getting the word out there and educating parents. So that's kind of what I do now. Um, I have a website. It's nothing fancy, but it provides resources for parents, opt out templates that work in all 50 states to opt your children out of this sex ed, gender ideology, critical race theory, social emotional learning, and data collecting and mining. Because what they are really doing and teaching our kids, it's not school, it's not education. Um, there's some other resources, templates for FOIA requests, VAX exemptions, and my 101 A Parents Guide series presentations which break down all different areas of uh, public schools, surety bonds, histories. They're like a skeletal um, kind of thing for people to look at, constantly updated. Um, and then I'm always available, whether you DM me through uh, the X platform or you can contact me through the site if you need help with anything, if you have questions, legislation going through in your state. Um, 
It's also interconnected with everything else going on, especially things with like child trafficking and exploitation, again, parental rights, even things you wouldn't imagine. Um, and that's all on the site too, resources. And uh, like you said, the uncomfortable conversations, like we have those and we cover all of it. Um, it's pretty unplugged and we try to stay current. So it's just, it's in me, you know, having my sons and then this background, it was a no-brainer, um, and I had been in retirement. I had told you that, and this masking brought me out of it. And uh, my kids are also on IEPs, which are those ed plans. Uh, and, uh, my oldest son has autism, so I also am a special uh, ed advocate for parents. That's another way I kind of got into this prior. Um, we have an integrated preschool. I was the PTO president there, and it's it's hard having a child that I call a superpower. Um, so during COVID, when we went back, my kids and I made a hundred, no, 81 welcome kits and hand delivered them to every family with the mask, the shirt, um, a survival kit for parents. And they just, they were so thankful. And, you know, we felt like we had this community. And I think that's what this is all about. No matter what we're fighting for, whether it's the kids, um, you know, the East Coast Win Project, early action voting, whatever it is, um, it's building those communities and doing it as a team. Um, that That's, you know, that's how we're going to get through this, I think, and make some real changes. One of my concerns for school with everything that's been happening at our border, and I know that this is a, is a touchy subject for so many, and so I do want to try carefully, and nothing that we're saying is out of hate for anyone or whatever kind of lifestyle they have, just to be clear, okay, is that my concern was with the influx of people in our schools, our teachers are retiring, quitting, leaving at a, an astronomical rate. And then you have an influx of people coming in into schools is that we do need active parents to be able to manage this before we're in a very sticky situation. And so uh, rather than me give a very fluffy, cloudy uh, leave it to your imagination. Can you talk about some of the very real impacts that the schools will see with the increase of uh, children into our country? Absolutely. I mean, your school districts are going to take a major hit financially. And with that, we're going to see an increase of your, your property taxes, how they're allocating the funds. Um, your classroom sizes are going to expand way beyond what they should. I mean, our classrooms are already overfilled. You got 25 to one ratio. Um, and in most states, you only have a, a paraprofessional in the class in preschool and kindergarten. Once you hit first, it's like one person with 25 kids. Um, in a lot of states, they are actually upping um, their policies for how many kids can be in the class. So they're not um, able to be sued saying, you know, the ratios are off. Um, one big concern, Eric, especially in these border states and the sanctuary cities. Uh, a lot of the money is being taken away from kids who have been receiving services, like I said, uh, my own children. They asked me, I got a letter from our school department asking if they could bill my health insurance to cover the cost of my kids' services. Um, beyond being just angry, I had to step back and I was like, this is so illegal. Um, which is ironic because I'm thinking, you know, they're coming over the border, they're taking the money for the, um, you know, the migrants or illegals, whichever people like to phrase it. And that's a major, major concern. They're doing it across the country for um, predominantly families that are on the Medicare, Medicaid state health insurance. So if you've received health insurance from work, you probably don't fall into this category. But that's a major concern and impact because now that's telling me that there aren't enough resources for my kids to get their services. And I mean, it's not just me, it's every child and every family impacted by that. You're going to see a lot of funding coming away um, from your 
like enrichment programs, music, met our, you know, art classes like that will get cut in order to provide the uh, English as a second language um, block for these kids. And what's very interesting is we're seeing the statistics that predominantly the demographic of children coming are 10 to 14 year old boys. Um, so you're going to see your ratio numbers like that kind of go off, but school districts are receiving funding hand over fist for this. It has a major effect on um, like the climate and dynamic of your school system. You're gonna see a lot more social activism being played in. And in some schools, we're seeing a lot of negative in terms of combating with belief systems. You know, the Palestine Ukraine, we have seen countless videos of fights between students on students or going after teachers and faculty. It's actually quite concerning and scary. And what's happening in Texas is the most alarming, where they have um, a, an act on the books chapter 25.001 that allows adults ages 21 to 26 to enroll in the Texas public schools. Um, the number of men crossing the border that fall into that bracket is astronomical. They are sitting in classrooms with 14 year olds. Um, some counties and school districts have that gender flow bathroom policy where you can go in anyone. So you now have grown men, 26 years old, using a locker room with a 14 year old girl and parents don't know. That is beyond anything that I ever thought that I would be up against in something like this. Um, and now they got legislation on the books to change the verbiage. Uh, so they can't have surety bonds pulled. They are covered because they will change it from person to citizen, national, or alien here lawfully. Um, it's so interconnected and parents need to know. They were not notified that this is even something that's been going on for decades. And if it it, God, when I pulled the numbers, it's like thousand in school districts. That's insane. And I just, and elected officials don't know. So we as the parents need to bring it to light. We need to start, I'm not saying coming to the streets, like actually going to the streets, but going to your school board meeting, your town council, writing your local um, officials and saying, where do you stand on this? Do you even know about it? In Massachusetts, forget it. Some of the bills they're trying to put through just in education in general are things you would just like that has nothing to do with it what and the money that's the big thing it's our money paying for it we are enabling this with our taxes and people don't even realize it i think that's such a a big powerful statement when you say it and which brings me to like what you were saying about whatever you're passionate about do that you know don't try to take on too much well in any fight that we're doing there's a place for you you don't have to be the person, the face of it. If you're good at accounting, help us follow the money with the FOIA requests. If you want to lead, you know, email campaigns or writing initiatives, help. Those are things that in the background, quote unquote, we need done. We need more hands doing, doing the research with us, helping um, and just showing up. When you go to testify for uh, parental rights bills or curriculums and you are one of two parents in the entire state of Massachusetts who show up, that's that's so disheartening. Yet there were hundreds of people there to testify for the LGBT uh, transgender curriculum, the sex ed, the climate change curriculums. It's just, I mean, you've heard me go on and on in every space. It's just, it's ridiculous at this point and we need to band together. I couldn't agree more. You know, one thing that I like to point out is, um, you know, we see what happens at these libraries, okay? And so that causes a big kerfuffle, right? But I just kind of sit back and go, well, when was the last time you or someone you know volunteered 
on a consistent basis to go and read at the library. Like what, what is the counter? If you leave space for that to happen, or if you don't have a counter for it, I am just over the past couple of weeks, I'm on a very slippery road um, to piss off a lot of people, to be honest <laughs> with you, is I tell them like the conservative movement is not fun. Like, and we're we're gonna lose people that way, and we're not bringing anyone new in that way. And I get it; like everything is not all sunshine and butterflies. But like, if you don't do things on a community level, um, whether it's like, oh, you know, everybody hates Facebook, but starting a Facebook group and getting those people to move to some kind of other messaging system, like, hey, I don't really feel safe on Facebook. Once you get a few people, let's move to WhatsApp or let's move to Telegram or X or whatever it is. And then also in your own neighborhood, like I am a big, um, I, I want to see people right now start planning um, springtime block parties. And you don't have to do it under the banner of conservative or activism or anything like that. You just need to be the, the component to bring people together. And because the world is so flipping chaotic that the conversations are going to go that way make sure that you have whether it's a small team or a large team of people um some a little bit of reading information for people to take home like uh like our community cares here's the top five things that like i'm concerned about or here's a list of 10 things check off three things you're concerned about and leave your name and number and so if you're concerned about it you're more likely to be active in that but you can't bring the people if you don't have a place to bring the people <laughs> to and so um you know that's kind of my thing i really like to help organize and i like to share what i'm doing like when we did the human trafficking awareness march um the whole time we were taking notes on what it was we were doing and as soon as we were done and had everything planned we had an email list of 500 people that had inquired about you know, getting this outline, was it the best, most proficient, everything is checked off? No, but we said, here's what we did. Here's the, the label of people we tried to contact within our government system, within the police system. And here's who we found. And here's some options of people you can get. Like, you just have to take that initiative at some capacity. And if you can't do it, please, support the people that are like people that have no problem supporting you from all over the country because what you're doing is a great thing and so it could be any one of those ideas i just want to encourage people to like grab onto an idea and go with it because if we continue on this path of not really building a proficient community and worried about fighting with each other or um i didn't see susie at church on sunday so i can't be friends with her anymore you know those kind of things like we we just we can't keep going at this rate because we're going to lose steam and we're going to lose support and if we can't support each other what makes somebody want to come from the outside in to support us and so i would like for you to be able to touch on that a little bit as far as like what are some of the best ways to support people that are in your position, how do you look for support and how do you support others? Uh, like that, that's one of the things that keeps me up at night, thinking about things like that. How can I approach it? Different angles to go at it. Cause that's the thing. Sometimes you do have to take a step back and say, it's simple. 
it is that simple answer of, hey, you all want to meet at the park for a play date every half day. This is where you can find parents from your elementary school, your district, whatever it is, and set it up that way. Do things like that that are so simple but powerful because it may start small, but then the word gets out and slow and steady. You're going to see more and more people coming. I mean, it's it's about that labeling. It's about that I don't want to I don't want to be seen. I don't want to be associated with. Well, go pound sands then, because at the end of the day, we are out here trying to make a difference, and it's for you, your children, your rights, our country. So at the end of the day, it's like if you, you know, you don't stand for something, you fall for anything kind of concept. And you're right. There are so many different ways you can get involved in doing it. Um, we have actually done like a parents night out when I was president of the PTO, you know, a more relaxed place. We went to uh, one of the restaurants in town. They let us use their function room for free. They gave us a bartender for free. We, um, you know, we paid for food and munchies and stuff, but having just that gave parents a sense of community and that they were able to, like I said, just sit back, relax and talk about any and everything. It didn't have to be about what was going on today in society, but like you said, it always gets there. And that's the beauty of it. And it's building those connections and that trust in people. I love what you said about having something to hand them, something so people walk away. Um, that's one thing I am so about. I hate echo chambers. I hate when you just come and complain and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But we all need to get it out at some point. But we need to stop just doing that. We need to leave with tangible things we can do in our communities. So um, on the site I had mentioned earlier, there are calls to action that people can take that because I have a background in education are literally broken down step by step. Like go here, click this. And I think doing things like that, people appreciate when they get home from a long day of work, they're done cooking dinner, homework, bath time, uh, you know, nighttime routines. By the time your kids are asleep, we're all, oh, and you just either wanna go to bed yourself or sit on the couch, whatever it may be. But you can be doing things like that, just sitting on your phone, sitting on your laptop, whatever it is. And not to say it takes minimal effort, but we're providing the work for you. So we have noticed up here in Massachusetts, that has made a massive, massive impact. Reinventing the wheel, I believe is the dumbest thing we can do right now. <laughs> Time is against us. Um, this is all hands on deck, boots on the ground now not tomorrow, not like, oh, I can do it in a month or when life slows down, you know, it's chaotic right now. It's always going to be chaotic. And even if you don't have kids, life is cuckoo. I mean, I don't know if I'm coming and going what day it is half the time, but we need to show up in whatever way possible. And a huge way you can do that is joining these groups, whatever social media platform because now that's going to show on your profile. Other friends and family or connects you have are going to see it. They're going to be interested. It's going to create traffic, conversation, and movement. Um, or donating. And I hate saying that because then everyone's like, oh, money. 
but it does go a long way for a lot of these nonprofits, but please look into them thoroughly or these grassroots groups on the ground. Um, you know, we have a coalition we just started up here, the K-12 grassroots movement. And just to rent the place to have it, you know, we're paying out of our own pockets, which we are, I mean, I'll go, I'm broke anyway, but I'll go even more broke <laughs> to be able to have these places, the flyer, the websites, whatever needs to be paid for in order to build these communities. The library, like you said, is a perfect example. When is the last time you went into your kid's school and volunteered? When's the last time you actually took a big look at your kids in their life? Um, this is, I had a come to Jesus moment with this, so I don't mean to offend any parents out there, but we're not parenting our kids. They spend more time in school with these individuals, especially if they do after school programs when there's two parents working which our government has made that we have to do that to survive, that when we're with them, we're not tuned into them. We're hustle and bustle. They're on electronics and devices. We're shuffling them from activity to activity, or we are on devices. We are not paying attention. It's not just physically being around your kids. You, the parent, need to unplug and actually be present go and play with them outside go and be involved just don't drop them off at practice be a coach a volunteer whatever it is because now you are in it you are around more parents more people from your community and those organic relationships and stuff happen even if you are in a predominant you know blue or liberal purple you know whatever you want to call it state or community i mean like i said i'm in massachusetts really all the more reason to be mm -hmm. there it's yeah. really all the more reason to be there and um i really like what you said about you know being involved i personally was a cheerleader when i was younger i know no one could have guessed that and i am the same for my kids like so much so it's a little embarrassing at times <laughs> for them not for me um, that I want to be there. And I find that even some of the parents are reluctant to even participate in cheering for the kids. And it's a little bit odd, but I'll be the leader for that. Like I want to be, I want to know the kids' names that's on the, on the sport. I want to tell them, you know, clap and say like, good job, go get them. You can do it. Shake it off. Don't worry about it. Like all of those things. Um, again, I want to utilize what I'm good at and what I enjoy. So I'm not asking anyone to go outside of their own um, element. I mean, maybe push your comfort zone. Obviously, we don't want to stay comfortable all the time. But for me, cheering in a crowd of people that are just silent or mm -hmm. looking at their phone or won't do it, that's me pushing the comfort zone too. It's yeah. because it's something that I want to do that no one else is doing. Yeah. So, um, so I love what you said, just like continuously getting involved. We have to do it because who else will? Exactly. And then really, if someone else does it, who else will? Like, who are they? Why are they <laughs> spending so much time, you know, around mm -hmm. the kids? We won't know if we're not there. I have taken parent cell phones. So that's funny you say that. So I've co I coach Little League. 
Um, and, you know, anybody who knows me or is watching this, you can tell I kind of quirky. But Coach Alex has a very interesting coaching style. So I do T-ball up uh, through coach pitch. So it's like T-ball, then we call it like rookies, whatever. So you're saying three-year-olds, four-year-olds to like six, seven. And I am a no-hold-bar coach. But parents who are literally staring at their phones, I've gone to them and I was like, if you cannot prove to me you're actively working, somebody is actively dying, or there is just this major crisis that you must be looking at this. Or, you know, oh, Coach Alex, I was taking picture and video. Prove it. Show me. I want you to be engaged in what your kid is doing because they're looking over at you, wanting you to look at them. But the kids connect. They appreciate it. And we are losing that connection with our children. And they were the trusted adult, like, recast or cast out. They don't want to connect with us. But if you do things like that, we're going to build that trust. We need to instill in them the morals and ethics and beliefs that our parents did to us. Because the next generations that are coming up, holy guacamole. Like, <laughs> they're going to be our next leaders. Like, we're in some, no offense, kids. Like, listen to this. We're in some serious trouble. It is. It's all about that engagement. And after our team would go for ice cream, we they'd come over here. It, like we said, it's building that community. But you need to know who your kids are friends with, who their parents are, especially how we had talked about, you know, the children crossing the border. Again, this is not about anything that is negative or racist or hurtful. But a lot of these children are coming over with people that their intention is to traffic them. And I hate saying that, but so many of us know that that's the truth. So now that child's enrolled in school and is living with that adult, but your kid's going over there for a play date. Now what could happen? That is terrifying. You need to know that you don't have to be friends with these parents. I mean, please, it's almost like dating. You got to do an interview process, see if you mesh. But you've got to make sure your kids are safe at every level because that is huge. And a big concern to me as a parent, especially being a single mom, like if anything ever happened to those kids, I would be devastated. And I, it's a lot on you to take and bear. But this isn't just the parent fight. I think we forget that a lot. This is everybody that can help your community, your school system, show up to the school board meeting, your town council, city council, or all of the other boards that your community has. If you're a veteran, show up to the veteran advisory council. If, you know, we have a human rights committee in my town, but that's a whole other thing. If that's your cup of tea, show up, make a difference, but learn what's going on. And knowledge is power. And you can pass that on to the next person. I think that, I think we, we think too big. We're going after the federal government. We're going after nonprofits, this, that. You're not going to get anywhere. It's a David versus Goliath fight. Change starts locally and then it branches out. Now you can take what you're learning in your county, share it. Again, no, don't reinvent the wheel. Streamline, 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 streamline. And we're going to see more people standing up and getting involved because they're not getting things coming at them from so many different directions. Um, don't sign your student handbook. Don't. 
And if you do, please find me somehow so we can revoke your consent. Know what you're signing, know what you're doing. And that that's my biggest passion, mission, and goal. I want to help you and your communities have the resources that you need. Um, so I do parenting community forums uh, around Massachusetts. And if you are in my state, I will do them virtually for you. I've gone to people's houses, um, you know, and they're sitting there with like their group of friends. And we're like, all right, let's sit in the living room and talk. It's very low key and just casual. I bring my kids sometimes when I do the ones in, in person, they love handing out the materials. But what I love even more is they share what's really going on in the classrooms and they give their perspective on things, which I think is powerful and, and really big because hearing it from somebody living it is completely different than hearing it from you or I, because, you know, we're not sitting there and it's, it's big. So that is really my huge thing is providing you with the knowledge and resources for you to be able to do. I want to ask really quickly, what do you have coming down the pipeline? What are your, your big uh, tasks, you know, that are coming up? We want to talk about some of the resources and all the resources for Alex will be linked on this podcast. So they'll be able to find you very easily. And hopefully people come through with lots of questions and definitely <laughs> join you for the live chat for uncomfortable conversations. This is going to be a big year all around people. We all got to buckle up and, and almost enjoy the ride. Um, because at the end of the day, I feel uh, for what I'm doing personally, I will be on the right side of history and we will be able to make change. Um, change doesn't happen overnight. So one thing that I am working on, uh, not just in Massachusetts, but across the country is uh, with General Flynn and his sister. Uh, if you are not a Flynn fan, take your feelings about him aside. Uh, him and his sister own a nonprofit called America's Future. And their mission and goal is to get training and summits in every single state that they do on uh, how to recognize and the steps you can take to end uh, child trafficking and exploitation. They are looking for people um, in every state that they can connect with to help them organize it, you know, find locations, talk to the grassroots groups, go to your local law enforcement, medical, school system, friends, whoever, to promote this and get people in the door because we need, that is a huge passion of mine. I've learned so much um, from going into spaces and connecting with people, what to do and how to do it. Um, the last thing I ever want to do is act. I joke all the time. I'm not a, or, you know, I'm not an expert. I just play one on X. I never want to give somebody uh, the wrong information or direct them or tell them to do something that could like make the situation worse. So I think that those summits and trainings are something people need to go to. And when I say they are priced reasonably, I'm talking, I think it was like $10, 20 bucks to go to the one in Michigan. Um, and it just covers the cost of like the rental thing. Like nobody makes money off of this. And I think that's something important to realize that we're doing this because we care. Um, aside from that, it's really pushing a lot of different legislation, especially in Massachusetts, but I am tracking certain uh, bills across the country that we're seeing. We're noticing in a lot of uh, liberal blue states, 
the verbiage is exactly the same. They're just, if it worked in this one, the precedent set, let's move it on to the next. So I have a personal goal and mission to set that precedent in Massachusetts, give that template to everybody. Here it is, it worked. We're gonna use it moving forward um, because that's how they're doing it now. You know, that's what they're using against us. Policies, acts, mandates, blah, 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 you name it. Well, you know what? Any person in this country can put forth legislation from your town city all the way up to the federal government. You could write it in crayon if you felt like it and submit it in. And people don't know that. So you need to combat that. Get it in writing, get it in there. Now you have that. So when they try to do something, you can say, oh, no, Massachusetts, blah, 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 blah. And we have something tangible. Uh, that's not for everybody. But those are some things that I'm just so, uh, I just can't. And cr uh, cross-referencing those with NGOs. So I'm hoping um, at least by June, I can have like a half-day checkpoint to get that information out to people. Um, short, sweet, and condensed is kind of how I like to do it bullet points, short things. You never make a sign that has a paragraph on it. No one's reading it. You know, three words on it, powerful things to keep people's interest and also not to overwhelm. That's another thing that I am passionate about working on in Massachusetts with the grassroots groups is let's work on our, not marketing, because that sounds bad, because it's really not, but our materials, our resources, so we're not losing people or they are so overwhelmed with what we're giving them that they just go back into their shell. Um, I don't like to say, oh, we want to wake up people because that's not what it's about. It's just about getting it in front. So those are kind of the big things I'm uh, passionately working on for for now. We shouldn't shy away from calling it marketing because <laughs> the opposition is not shy about it at all. And you do, yeah. you need a strong brand, you need a clear message, and all of those things are marketing. And you're trying to give people clear and concise information. Yeah. So I know it sounds like a little bit of dirty word when it comes down to it. And you also touched on being able to uh, support people financially to the best of their ability. Again, when you look at opposition, <laughs> listen, they raise money like nobody's business. Their people give. Not everybody that sells a t-shirt is a grifter. Not every person that has buy me a copy is a grifter. Again, this is the conservative party. These are my complaints about it. Is is how unwilling people are to uh to support. Like I've bought t-shirts for people that are doing whatever causes t-shirts that I'll probably never wear. I've given to GoFundMe's, and there's you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to explain all of that. And I, I don't know if the whole gr calling people grifters things is just really some kind of jealousy, really. Yeah. But like these things take time. Right. And and time, you know, really is money. And so if we want to have um, better equipment, like I need a printer. I have a printer, but I might need ink so I can print things because it's right. small things. I'm going to a small group. And instead of paying a printer or if I go to a printer, all these things, like the audacity of some of these people to say that it's a grift is just quite ridiculous, in my right. opinion. And we can't hate on people for having their own businesses either. The thing is, 
you know, they're just casting these things out. And it's almost like as jealousy, like if somebody spends $10 with me, that they can't spend $10 with you. Right. Um, and I think that we would be a lot more successful again yes. and, and, and supporting each other where yeah. we can. I do something that cost me zero dollars and it's retweeting re yeah. information that is free to tell people hey if you're interested check this out do you follow this person they're doing great work and mm -hmm. so the people that have that jealous mentality usually pretty quickly fall away from me but we have to stop putting our our own side down you know the conservative movement we we do that to each other because people want to be top dog. It's not about that. You like get off your ego for a second. Like I took Ubers in and out of Boston when I testified and all I was doing was just like in, in a space being like, wow, the audacity of the price, like just complaining. <laughs> and all of a sudden, like the tip thingy bell goes off. I'm like, what the heck is this? And people donated as a thank you for getting in and out because they're like, we couldn't do it. You're the one representing us. We're gonna make sure your butt is there. And just the little things like that, I don't think people understand how much that means to not just me, but anybody who's doing this. Like that shows such appreciation of like, we got you. We know what you're doing is what needs to be done. And we thank you. That's huge. Even putting the thank yous out there on social media. And when I hear from parents, like I put in your templates and it worked. I used the things that you talk about in your spaces and brought it to somebody else. They were able to stop X, Y, and Z. We need to hear those stories and stuff. I know you can agree with that because sometimes you feel so alone and defeated and it's like what am i doing am i making a difference um we are and so if you've had a success story or just went to something that you felt was really great share that too because the tearing each other down um isn't going to get us anywhere and if you look at the other side they don't really do that and i say it all the time Sometimes we got to look at what they're doing and do it. Take a, take a page out of their playbook because they seem to be extremely organized and uh, just on the ball with things. But yeah, it's it's all about like you're saying community and share. I am that person that really wants to embrace and love. Like God put me here. He brought me back from retirement, like I say, and this is the path and the journey I'm supposed to be on. So I think also keeping our faith, whatever you believe in, you need to keep it really close to you and on your heart. And when times are tough, turn. Like I'll sit there and look up and say like, why? Like you, why? Please show me like, I know that at the end of this, I'm going to learn something that will be a purpose that I, I see clearly. But, you know, we have to do that and we have to instill those in our kids. Like we go to church, they go to Sunday school. It is something that centers them. I mean, our kids today take on so much. They're little adults at some point and being able to ground them will ground us. And 
I mean, it's a beautiful thing when you see that. Definitely, I'm on board with that. Let's see, we have prayer, kindness, generosity, all of those things go a very long way. And yeah. so I know I always appreciate a nice message and people love to be recognized too. Let's make sure that we're showing each other grace too. We have a miscommunication or a misunderstanding. Not everything needs to end in an all out brawl. So yeah. prayer, grace, kindness. Um, that it, I mean, it just goes such a long way. And, you know, I truly do support you. I love what you're doing. Even yes. if I can't come to uncomfortable conversations, I try to at least share the space out um, for people because I think that there are so many people that need to hear this information. You're motivating people across the platform, across your state, across the country. And it's just such a wonderful thing. And so, um, you know, I do pray over you and I do pray that, you know, you just add blessings tenfold for everything that you're pouring in. Um, I know that you will be rewarded for it. And, um, you know, whether this is monetarily or not is you're going to be rewarded for it because at the end of the day, you put in the work to save the yeah. children. And that's really what God uh, commands yeah. all of us to do is to make sure that our children are safe. And so I just definitely want to personally thank you for everything that you do. You do make a difference, even on the very hard days, on the very good days. I want you to know that there are people out there that just truly appreciate your existence and your hard work. And thank you so much from me and Louisiana Sister Squad podcast, of course. Uh -huh. I mean, it's at the end of the day, I don't do this for any other reason. Like I said, God put me here. It's in my heart and soul. And it's not just for my kids or the, my town or Massachusetts. This is for every single child in this country, whether they were born here or they're being brought here because they are innocent children too. They are God's children. And I'm going to do everything in my power. We need to feel like we're part of something. So be part of something. We'd love to have you on our team. <laughs> Coach Alex won't bench you. Don't worry. <laughs> Advocates exactly. a lot nicer than the Coach Alex. But thank you so much for having me on. It's been an honor and a pleasure, really, because what you do inspires me and has changed, like I said, my family. And it's it's great to be able to give back. Um to each other and share and you know mama bears are given a bad rap but we will continue to be out there in our face yes stop labeling people y'all that's what's dividing us even more and uh again thank you so much it's been such a blast <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much for coming. I appreciate you again. I definitely appreciate all the hard work that you do. And so any way I can contribute, um, you know, never hesitate to send me something because good people like you do need all the support. Thank you again so much for coming and sharing everything you have going on. Thank the you. link for everything we discussed will be uh, below on this podcast. And so you guys feel free to reach out and connect with Alex. And everybody have a very blessed day. Thanks again, Alex. God bless you. you. God bless your children. You guys have fun at your basketball game today, right? Thank you. Fingers crossed we win. <laughs> Bye.